0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from Awakening Trust. Hallelujah. Man, I don't know if you saw this. I got two Bibles up here today because I just need Dr. Simmons to go ahead and finish the whole Bible in the Passion Translation, you know. I will tell you this, though. Isaiah will be out in November. I'm excited about that. Uh, but he do not have Genesis yet, so. All right, that's good, thank you, hallelujah, hey, today's just such an exciting day, we've got service now, we've got Spanish service today, those of you that are in base camp, that's going to be amazing tonight, uh, so good, so good. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some, Uh, I'm going to read some scripture, and um, so you're not alarmed. I may have two Bibles, but I didn't bring any notes, so you're not you're not in trouble today. We're not going to go for four hours, okay? Although I did have Brady go back there and get my Bible, I could have him go back there and get my notes, but no, I'm gonna do something a little different today. I'm actually going to read a story in the Old Testament I'm gonna read the whole chapter it's not It's not real long, and then I'm gonna read what the New Testament writer said about that story, okay, and just share. A couple of thoughts and some exciting, uh, some exciting news. Okay, so let's go to Genesis chapter fifteen. The New Testament portion of this is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, just because. Um, God just presents himself as, I'm, I'm the man, and I know it, and there's nothing you can do about it, so I love it, it's really good, so let's go to Genesis chapter 15 first, I'm just going to read the whole chapter, is that okay, it's, it's, it's not that long, so let's just read that, all right, Genesis chapter 15, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram, in a vision saying, "Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward." That's good." But Abram said, "Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. So let me just say this. God's already spoken to Abraham about what he wants to do in the future, okay? And so now Abraham is having a conversation with God, saying, um, I don't see what you're talking about. I'm not sure. My body still works. What are you talking about? And my heir is someone who's a foreigner in my house, okay? Just to give you a little context, all right? Then Abram said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. No, no offspring, indeed, One, born in my house, is my heir, not Abram's. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who shall come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. He believed the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. I love what James says, James 2.23. Abraham believed God, and he was called the friend of God. It's so good, so good. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, the Chaldeans, to give you this land to inherit. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all of these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and a great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. Probably not the way you want to start a covenant promise. Maybe. You know, it's really interesting to me. I'm just thinking about this. He's in Canaan, and God says, I'm going to give you this land. You're here. I'm going to give it to you. But you're going to inherit it later, and your descendants are going to come back here. It's just really interesting that the, the way the Lord talks about stuff. Really, really cool. Verse 14, and also the nation whom they serve, I will judge afterwards. They shall come out with great possessions. Okay, he makes it a little better right there, right? Now, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried at a good old age. Do y'all read the Bible the way I do? I'm giving you a promise, and your family's going to inherit it. You're not going to. You're going to die. But, and they're going to be put in bondage, but they'll leave and take everything that the Egyptians have. That's how I read the Bible, seriously. Okay. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here, for their iniquity, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass... When the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kin Ken, I don't know, the bunch of ites, okay? Verse 21, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites, the Cellulites, and the... the ites, right? The termites. I'm not familiar. Okay. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Now, you remember, you remember, I've been teaching you about the faithfulness of God and hope. That's what we've been talking about, right? And last week, we talked about, I'm still wrecked about him being a faithful witness, Right? the one who can be relied on, a martyr for us. I, I just, I can't get into that today. So we've been talking about faith, we've been, his, his faithfulness, the hope of the Lord, and so this is so good. I love it. Chapter 6, Passion Translation, verse 13. Now he's talking about this covenant that he just made with him, Okay when he would walk through the pieces that he cut into, okay? This is where we're at. Now, when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than himself, he swore an oath to his own integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. The New King James Version says, because there was no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself to keep the covenant. That's him just sons out, guns out. I'm flexing. I'm letting you know how bad I am. There's nobody around that I can even remotely compare to, so I'm going to swear by myself to keep this covenant. Ah, goodness, that's good. So he said, have no doubt. I promise to bless you over and over and to give you a son and multiply you without measure. So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. You understand that? He waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. He did not see the land, but he saw the promise. See, sometimes we think the promise of God always has to do with stuff. But really what he wants to do is talk to you about another generation that can have an experience with him like you had that can go from generation to generation. And so he saw the promise fulfilled. The promise was Isaac. The promise was not the land. Can I read it again? So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. It is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than themselves, for the oath will confirm their statements and end all dispute. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit his promises. His purpose was unchangeable. So God added his vow to the promise So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in the attribute of his character that I need in this moment. Some days you may not need faithfulness. Some days you may need provider. And I can run into his heart and hide myself in him as provider. The name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into and they are safe. So good. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize, get this, what has already been established ahead of time. An
1: unshakable hope. Is is that good or is it boring? Seriously.
0: He's given us the power, he empowers us to seize what had already been established. Ahead of time. That's why he can say, I've saved words that you've never heard. There's some stuff that I've saved up ahead of time before you get there so that you can seize it when you do get there. I, I don't understand people who say the Bible's boring.
1: My response to them, no, you're boring. You are boring. to seize what has already been established ahead
0: of time, an unshakable hope, an unshakable expectance of good. That's what hope is, right? The expectance of good, an unshakable. I can't be shaken. The circumstance can't shake me. The doctor's report can't shake me. What my kids are doing can't shake me. What my finances look like can't shake me. What I, what, what I feel is, is in my history from my family can't shake me. The things that are happening in the world, they can't shake me. Why? Because I have seized what's already been established ahead of time, which is an unshakable hope. I've grabbed onto a hope that cannot be shaken.
1: Jesus' name.
0: We have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat,
1: which sits in the
0: heavenly realm, beyond the sacred threshold. And where Jesus, our forerunner, if you have the Passion Translation, read the note on that. Read the note on that word forerunner right there. It literally could be translated trailblazer. Jesus is our trailblazer. Has gone in before us, and he is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. I I really don't even want to focus on all that, but I just want to say this to you. What he's saying is... Literally, if you break all that language down, he's saying, what I've done is created an, a partnership for you to come into the heavenly realm and you and I to intercede on your behalf. It's a partnership. It's, it's so good. But I, I, I want to just focus just for a moment that we are able to run and hide ourselves in the faithfulness of God. How many of you have ever experienced situations where you needed God to be faithful and you were looking all around? Yeah? Yeah? Same. There have been so many situations where I've said, God, I need you to do this. My problem is that sometimes I'll try to become my own faithfulness. I know none of y'all have ever done that. None of y'all have ever, you know, done that. But sometimes I will do that because the way the Lord wired me, He wired me to give me 908,000 ideas about one thing, right? That's just how He wired me. And so I'll have 14 answers. For the question that happened right in front of me, some them be complex, some them be really easy, but they're all swirling in my mind. And so suddenly I jump in and I think, okay, well, he needs my help. And I'll start justifying it. Well, you know how you made me, right? You know that you gave me this. But see, what I've learned is what he's trying to do is redeem all of those things that are in me because I was born into sin. And so I have to put my plan B back in my pocket and leave it alone, never even think it's there, right? Don't even, don't even want plan B. But sometimes I'll try to get, get going ahead of him. But this scripture is so good to me because Abraham Abraham hears the word of the Lord. Abraham's already a wealthy fellow, okay? He's already a wealthy fellow. He hears the word of the Lord and says, I want you to leave everything you know to be normal. And I want you to follow me into a land that's really not even Uh, The city's not really even there. You you remember what the writer said, that that Abraham followed God because he was looking for a city whose builder, the the foundations and builder was God, right? And so he, just on the word of the Lord, he says, I want you to go, and I want you to go inherit this land. Well, really, you're going to die, but your family is going to inherit this land. Well, really, they're going to go to Egypt for 400 years and be in prison. But really, I'm telling you, eventually they're coming back and they're going to inherit this land and you'll be buried with your fathers and it'll all be happy. Okay, I'm 99. I don't have a kid. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm going to give you a kid as well. Because really, all I need you to do is become real comfortable with chasing Sarah around the tent. You understand types and shadows, right? You understand that Abraham is a type of a groom and Sarah is a type of the bride. And he's saying there's a groom that wants to chase you
1: so that he can produce something on the inside of you. Maybe I should have wrote some notes on that.
0: <laughs> but, but there's also a natural implication because if you ever have an issue in your house, and your marriage doesn't seem to be doing. I promise you, if you begin to treat her like the bride and chase her around the tent a
1: little bit, things will straighten out, I guarantee you. So Abraham says, my body's not working.
0: It's pretty smart that he didn't say Sarah's body's not working. That's a smart thing. <laughs> he, he let the Lord talk to her. He let, he let the Lord talk to her. He he, he wasn't trying to sacrifice that title. You know, it says uh, Sarah called him Lord, right? He he, he wasn't trying to sacrifice that title. But he speaks to Abraham. The thing that that really amazes me about Abraham is whatever the word of the Lord was, whatever that was, he followed it to a T. I don't have a son. I'm going to give you a son. Okay, you're going to give me a son. Okay, I have a son. Now I want you to kill your son. Okay, now I'm going to go sacrifice my son. Oh, you don't have to sacrifice your son. There's a ram in the bush. All types and shadows. You understand that? That we could not, we could not prepare the ransom for our own sin. There had to be a sacrifice beyond what humans could do, right? So there's all kinds of types and shadows. But what I'm, what I'm really interested in is, David's, is, is Abraham's faithfulness. I'm also interested in the fact that Abraham uh, struggled telling the truth because of fear. We don't talk about that a whole lot about Father Abraham. But I want to I want to talk to you about that just for a moment because I want you to understand that, that there's a human aspect. The only perfect man in this book was Jesus, right? And so he used imperfect people to change generation after generation after generation, and it's quite amazing. And so every time they would go into a new city, he was afraid that the king was going to steal Sarah, so he would call her his sister, and I'm going to lie to you, and... You may take her, but you're not going to know she's my wife, which, again, really interesting story. But Abraham had a connection to the faithfulness of
1: God. And now, because of what Abraham did,
0: we have the ability to run into the faithfulness of God, to run into the faithfulness of God. It's an open invitation for us to run into the faithfulness of God. And I'm finding out, that I need his faithfulness, I need to understand his faithfulness to me more than I ever have thought about that in in the history. Sometimes we take ideas, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, we take ideas about who God is based on whoever taught us in the moment, right? And they taught us from their perspective. But I'm learning that what I need to do is really find out for myself his character and who he is, so that when I need to pull on that attribute of who he is, I can run into that, and he becomes that. Now, I'm going to give you a really brief uh, theology lesson, and then I'm, I'm going to tell you some really exciting news, okay? Are you ready? So there are two categories for the names of God in the Old Testament. There are the names that start with L. They're called Elohistic. The names that start with Jehovah, like Jehovah Jireh, they're called Jehovahistic names, right? L is... The every name that has to do with El, uh, El Shaddai, El Olam, the everlasting God, El Shaddai, God Almighty, all of those are in relationship to his creation. So they're for us, right? They're all in relationship to his creation. But his name's Jehovah, they're called redemptive names. And so what it means is that his, when he takes his redemptive name, he becomes what I cannot be. So if he's Jehovah Jireh, he's redeeming it and becoming the provider that I can't be. If he's Jehovah Rapha, he's becoming the healer that I cannot be. And you can go down the list of all of his names. They're amazing, it's, it's really good stuff to learn. But what I want you to understand is that what he does is redeems the things that I cannot do. And actually tied up in that name, Jehovah, whatever you wanna put on the end of it, Jehovah Rama, uh, Rapha, Jehovah Shama, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace, whatever he, he's saying, I'm redeeming your peace, but I've always been your peace from the beginning to the end. It's always been me, right? And so he positions us in ways to understand his character and his attributes. If you need a kickstart in your prayer life, go, just do a Google search for the names of God, pull them out, and begin to pray the names of God in your prayer life. It will absolutely revolutionize your prayer life. Seriously, you begin to pray to him and call him by his name because you understand his name is Jehovah. It's not God, right? God is his position. Jehovah is his name, right? Okay, so he prepares all of that to redeem the issues and the situations that are coming in our life that we need him to function as. Are you with me? Okay, now, the other thing that he does is he uses the voice of the prophets to speak to you. I have a running list of prophecies that have been given to me over the last couple of years, and from time to time, I'll pull them out, and I'll just begin to read them and pray through them, or the ones that have not been transcribed yet, I'll just begin to listen to the prophecies, because I record everything. If somebody acts like they're going to give me a word, I get my phone out, and I, because I want to be a good steward of what the Lord is saying. It's the same thing with dreams. There, there are times where I'll, I'll have a dream, and I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm so tired, and I'm like, I don't feel like writing this down, and I'll just feel the pressure of heaven. Listen, take the time to write it down because become a steward of what he gives to you, right? And so there are so many things. If you read the book of Ezra, you find out that it was the prophetic declaration from the prophets that caused them to move into rebuilding the wall that Nehemiah would rebuild, right? The prophetic word of the Lord. So we started getting some really wild prophetic words last year, and uh, some of y'all remember, I mean, so crazy, so crazy. Uh, that, that in a, an arena with 12,000 people, the prophet gets my phone number. Over the loudspeaker, legitimately, he called my phone number out. He said, is anybody here with this phone number? Blew my mind. It's crazy. We shared that with, with, with you all last time. If, if we didn't come talk to me, I'll explain it all to you. It blew me away in a room of 12,000 people. The Lord gave him my phone number. That was one. But there were other prophetic words that came. And they've carried over into this, talking about things that are happening in the city of Louisville, talking about things that are happening in awakening, talking about all of these different ideas where I have had to go to Scripture and say, okay, God, you are the faithful God, and you're the one that I trust, no matter what. Have you ever had to do that? You have to talk yourself into that sometimes? Yeah, me too. And so... Just over the last little bit, we've been, we've been listening to some of these prophetic words, and, and, and some of them, we're like, okay, uh, one prophetic word that, that we got, uh, Alistair Petrie. Y'all remember when Alistair Petrie was here? So we get in the back, and he just a minute, like a minute 35 seconds, literally, I can tell you that because I listened to it like three times last night. A minute 35 seconds, and he's talking about uh, some padlocks and some keys. Well, in my human nature, I immediately, I'm like, okay, what are the padlocks? What are the padlocks? Because he said, you're going to know what the padlocks are. But what I heard the Holy Spirit say last night, and I told Rebecca, I said, why are we like this? He's talking about keys. And I said, why am I trying to identify a padlock when I just need to find a key? Right? Who cares what the padlock is? If I've got the key, I don't care what the padlock represents. I just know that I'm taking it off and throwing it in the river. Right? Right? So I began to change my prayer. God, what's the, what's, what's the key? What is the key? I, this whole time I'm asking the padlocks, and I'm not hearing anything. And Alistair Petrie's like, you'll know. We look at each other and we're like, oh, no, we don't know. What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, oh you'll know. You don't argue with somebody like Alistair Petrie, right? So, but we, we're just like, okay, we'll know. And so we start searching out padlocks. and I'm like, why in the devil are we searching out padlocks? Let's find a key. Because if I find the padlock, don't have the key, guess what? It's still locked up. Right? Okay, so we've had all these prophetic words, and we've said, okay, God, we know you're doing something. What are you doing? We know you're doing something. What are you doing? So about four weeks ago, I figured out what the Lord was doing because I got a phone call. It was on a Monday. Pastors don't like to get calls on Mondays, okay? (laughs) Can I just throw that out there? This was a particular interesting Monday because I was on the way. Many of you know I I, I have a, a construction company. I was on the way to look at a job, and the supply house had sent the wrong shingles, totally, and it was already on the house, already on the house. Luckily, the homeowner was super kind and generous. They're like, oh, man, I love it. It's good. I was like, okay, I knew you would. Yeah. (laughs) No, I told them what had happened, and they were cool. So this same Monday, I get a call, and it's the landlord from here. And I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Hey, how are you doing? Good. She starts the conversation now by saying, hey, I've got some news. And I was like, okay, cool. It's Monday. It's great news. What are we doing? And so she proceeds to tell me some things that open up my eyes and my ears to even hear clearly the word of the Lord that's been coming for some time. So some of you may have seen this in the paper, maybe not, but they informed me that they are going to be tearing down this warehouse and the one next door and building a brand-new warehouse or some sort of moneymaker for them. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, that's good in the future. She was like, no, it'll probably be in six months. I said, okay. And then I told Rebecca, I said, you you, you remember a few weeks ago we started praying, shake everything that can be shaken. (laughs) So it's happening. So they put it in the paper this week, and it said three months. So I what? So I called them, and you know how reporters do. They had told them three to six months, and like, oh, three months, you know, two and a half, that's what reporters do because that's just kind of how, how they do it. <clears throat> fake news, fake news, right? It's a joke. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> so anyway, they have filed for a permit, and they are going to tear down the warehouse, and they're going to tear down the other warehouse, and in their place, they're going to build one common building. Can I tell you this? With all truth in my heart, I'm not one bit nervous, because I have the word of the Lord of what he's going to do. He's, he's released it by his prophets, and so I just wanted to share with you today that we're just running into him as faithless, and, and somebody asked me the other day, like, well, you know, what do you do? I said, here's the deal. We either trust God or we don't. Do we believe that he's doing something in awakening or we don't? So I just wanted to tell you, this is good news. Here's why it's good news. We have been talking for months about how we were going to renovate this room. Right now, it's the summer. There's a lot of people vacationing. But I'm sure you saw in the spring very little space, very little space for our kids. Same thing happens in the fall. So we were talking about how are we going to renovate this place and what are we going to do? And we were talking about knocking walls down and turning around and all this other stuff. And the Lord was just like, and, and we never could come to terms with it. We're like, how are we going to do it? What are we going to do? And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to give you anything on that because we're to tear the whole place down. <laughs> we're going to shut it down. Right? So, I just want to encourage you to help us pray that the will of the Lord would be done. It absolutely will be done. uh, My guess is, now here's, 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 let me give you just a little insight into the prophetic timetable, okay? My guess is, November, December is when they will start construction, okay? October puts us into some of the Jewish feasts, and October... Is the time of the month when Nehemiah rebuilt the wall in 52 days, something that was supposed to, that that they'd been trying for 70 plus years to rebuild. Because he had a word from the Lord, I feel this, because he had a word from the Lord in 52 days. He was able to rebuild the wall, and what he had to do is he did have to do some fighting, but I love what he did. He had a hammer in one hand and a sword in another hand, and he would not come off the wall to mess with the enemy. He just told them over and over again, the work is too great. In other words, I can't mess with you. I'm busy, and so I I just want you, when the enemy tries to come and bring some, oh, what are we going to do? Are we unsure? I just want you to, I don't have time to mess with you. I'm going to fight, and I'm going to build, and we're going to see something happen in the city of Louisville. Here's what I know. We have numerous prophetic words, numerous prophetic words, and maybe one day we'll share them, but some of them are personal, but numerous prophetic words about the promotion and the expansion of what God wants to do here, right? And so we are going to lean into the word of the Lord, and this is an exciting time. When I told Rebecca, we both said simultaneously, we are not nervous at all, not worried about it at all. Like, Listen, when I tell you that, I mean, I'm not worried about it at all, at all, because I know that he has a better plan for us. So I'm really excited about that. So what we've done is we have connected with a realtor who is crazy kingdom minded. I love it because she has more faith than I do sometimes. And we'll look at properties and she's like, oh, yeah, that's God can do that. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, he can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. He can do that seriously. And so, so we we are, we are being diligent. We're being good stewards. And, and I just wanted to give you, uh, the, the idea that in this moment we get to run into his faithfulness and he's prepared. We started praying, shake everything that can be shaken. And he's doing it so that what is unshakable can remain. And so he's about to put us into a place, and there are places that we're looking, and we have so much vision. I mean, we have so much vision that we want to see happen. I'm not going to go into all that, but sometime I will. But, But he's putting us into a position that on his timetable, where it makes no sense to us, and we have no ability to even make a quick adjustment, he has to come through. If that doesn't sound like God, then I don't know. We, we, we need to shut up shop right now and go ahead and get some sledgehammers. Which, by the way, when we find out what the last day is, I'm going to ask them, can we please go and have a demolition party? It's so much fun. Have you ever? Yes. Yeah, some some of my guys are like, Urgh. I mean, we're just going to get sledgehammers and just go to town after we get everything out, you know. It'll be so fun. Ooh, man, oh, never mind. That I was, I was about to be real bad. I was about to say we could go get some M80s. You know, because it's 4th of July. I just like blowing stuff up. I'm a guy. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tanner right. That's right. Hey, listen, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that we are a part of the story of the Lord that Rebecca was talking about. And she is writing this. He is writing this story. She ain't writing it. She is not writing it. He is writing the story. And this is an amazing time. This is an amazing time. I want you to hear that. We're in great shape financially. We are at a place where we can dream and, and, and we can find out what the Lord wants to do in the city of Louisville. And, and so, and, and let me just give you some assurance because I know some of you guys, even though I have just gone over, we're talking about the faithfulness of God. Some of you are like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? I don't know. In six months, if I get up and get ready, where am I going to go to church? How do I know? It's okay. It's okay. Some of y'all plan out that far. I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna to do tomorrow. Actually, this afternoon. What am I gonna do? I don't even remember what I was gonna say. Now, it was gonna it was gonna be good. <laughs> I just told Rebecca. I said I don't remember what I was saying. She's like, I'd like to share two things. <laughs> That's not where I was going, but I will in just a moment. No, seriously. Let let, let me just give you some 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 insight on what we're doing. We are. We are trying to stay in a general vicinity of where we are, okay? Now, you understand the way that Louisville is. Most of you have lived here most of your life. You can get anywhere in Louisville in 15 to 20 minutes, right? So if we do move just a little bit outside of where we are, don't, don't freak out and be like, oh, my goodness, it's too far because it's going to take me three more minutes to get there. You know what I'm saying? Just don't be that person. Is that okay? Can we just, can we just be family today and say, don't be that person? Just don't be that right? And we seriously, seriously, we have people that come to awakening from Frankfurt, from Lawrenceburg, from Indiana, from Elizabethtown. I mean, all over the place to come and be where we with what the Lord is doing. So if you live five minutes past, you, you're going to be okay, right? You're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. But I want you to know that we're trying to be good stewards of that as well. And we really are looking in the vicinity. Um, to, to figure out exactly what the Lord wants us to do. So here's my pledge to you. I will keep you updated, okay, when I know something. I promise you right now I'm giving you everything I know. So so you can come ask me questions, and I'll just recite what I just said in, in a much smaller version because that's really all I know right now. We have a realtor who is looking. We have not just a realtor, but we've got a broker who specializes in commercial properties, and they're helping us to navigate all of this stuff so this is an exciting time for awakening i can't tell you how many prophetic words we have about expanding the borders about uh tent pegs there will never be lack you're you're gonna you're gonna navigate through transition all of these things just over and over and over again prophetic word after prophetic word and we are are being stewards of those and we're praying into them and that's why we are we're not nervous because we know that our hope and our trust is in him right and and i don't need a building to have kingdom family right i don't, i don't need that we can we can go into walmart's parking lot and hang out and and just take over you know what i'm saying so so i just don't want i don't want there to be any i am trying to speak to everybody cuz i know that some of you are like that and you're like yeah we'll go wherever and some of you are like oh my goodness what are we what are we going to do and so <laughs> i'm i'm trying to to just communicate to everybody and just to tell you we are good we are good why are we good because we get to run into the faithfulness of God. And guess what? I don't have to make it right. That's so much pressure off of me. I don't have to make it right. He does. It's the word of the Lord. And so it's not on Ryan, it's not on Rebecca, it's not on you. It's, it's, it's not on any, any corporation or anything. So it's, it's the word of the Lord. And what's going to happen, here, here, here's what I believe is going to happen. We're going to see a miraculous thing take place in this transition, and, and it's not just going to blow your mind, but it's going to blow the mind of anybody who's peeking in here, and it's going to set the stage for what we will see happen and transpire in the city. I'm convinced that what he's doing is setting us up for promotion and inheritance, and here's the thing about inheritance. You can't work for it. You can't work for inheritance. It's given to you from the Father. And, and so I'm convinced that what the Lord is giving to us right now is an opportunity to run into his heart and hide in his faithfulness. And, and so I just want to say congratulations that he thinks that much about us, right? Congratulations to awakening that he thinks that much about us. And so I think you're amazing. And now I'm going to get out of the way and let Rebecca share her two things.
2: Or three no, I'm just kidding um, okay so I just wanted to encourage us with the testimony of Jesus first of all for those of you that were not with us when we started awakening church we got a very specific word from the Lord a prophetic word um, through Damon Thompson and that was on March 9th of uh, 2013 and it was base. it we, we have it transcribed but in a, in a nutshell, basically Louisville doesn't need another good church. It needs an oasis of revival and a prayer minor will go with you and you've kingdom, family, you know what that is. God hasn't forgotten what he said about Louisville, which to us was that it would be the most safe city in America. So that's March 9th. For us, that was our marching orders. We really felt like that was the word of the Lord for us to go and to do. So April 1st, so this March 9th to April 1st, my my husband once he gets something in his mind he's like laser focused and he's getting it done so by April 1st we have the keys to this building he had started to search and he found warehouses and and we got such a great deal or it was listed for such a great deal he was like I gotta at least look at it he walks into the building and yes it was a warehouse and they had like bunch of doors and commodes sitting out in the thing but every wall that you see here and um even in the nursery, that was already painted that way. It was already a church before we got here, but it was listed as a warehouse, okay, so he walks in, he's like, "Oh my goodness, this is crazy." We see uh, you know everything was basically out laid out. We did do have we did have to do some renovation, but for the most part we it was pretty much set. So, long story short, we get the keys on April 1st to this building, and we had our very first um, meeting, our very first service in here on May 19th of that same year, March 9th to April 1st, from April 1st to May 19th, there was a lot of stuff that happened, but that is when we started Awakening Church, and we've been here ever since. I'm telling you that because it is the testimony of Jesus. It was the plan of God for us to be here and to walk this journey out, and another thing (laughs) that the Lord, which of course, you know me, I I like to talk about um, pregnancy and birth and all that fun stuff. One of the ways that 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 he showed me he said transition okay listen transition in birth for you men that don't know about this stuff that is the quickest time in the whole labor and delivery process it's the fastest time but it's also the most intense time <laughs> and there's there's contractions are longer and they're a little bit more intense but it's shorter and it's more than likely it's less than 45 minutes transition So, what am I saying? The Lord told me many, many times that throughout our ministry, there are going to be transitions that are very quick. They might be intense, but they're not going to be painful. They're not going to be, we're not going to suffer through them. We're not going to suffer through them. We're going to get through them and be on the other side. That's what happened in in 2013. It was boom, 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 and we were here, right? The other thing that I want to say, a couple weeks ago, I guess it's been, I don't remember, two or three weeks ago, I have a friend. Super prophetic lady that lives in Glasgow, Kentucky. She called me. She's like, I don't know why I'm supposed to tell you this, but I have this testimony that I want to share with you. I was like, okay, I'm listening. So um, hope, I'm, I'm going to condense it as best as I can because it's long and it's awesome and maybe sometimes she'll be able to share it with us. But anyway, she is actually um, on the board of directors for a pregnancy help center in Glasgow, Kentucky, and they were in this specific building. Um, and it was an old building. And it was kind of like a smaller ministry that didn't have a whole lot going on. People would come in every once in a while, but it was kind of, you know, low impact. And um, they were basically renting this place for $1. Super inexpensive, right? Well, the people come in, and long story short, they're like, you've got to get out because there's mold in the building, and I need you out within a month, but really 20 days would be better because we're not just going to clean it. We're demolishing the whole building. And I was like, mm, my ears picked up when she started. I'm like, that's really interesting because that's what we're going to go through. But I didn't say anything. And so anyway, she goes on to say, we didn't know what to do because we had no budget. <laughs> like legit, we had no budget. Any money that we had was, would come in from churches. Just every once in a while, they might send it in a donation. So they're like, okay, Lord, we're going to just, you know, prayer, drive and walk glasgow and just see what god wants us to do and this is gonna have to be quick because they want us out in 20 days so um long story short there's a building in the center of town so downtown glasgow which if you know anything about glasgow it's very very small and like it's one of the ones where you have to drive around the square you know what i'm talking about okay so this building was in the middle of the square and that whole area in downtown glasgow has been um just left to kind of rot almost just it's not a good spot and there's not a whole lot of commerce there and not a whole lot going on but there there in the last few years there's been revitalization So long story short, they find this building, and it's $600 a month. But when you go from $1 a month (laughs) to $600 a month, that's a huge increase. But they believed this is where God wanted them. So they take the lease. They go in, and they start to do renovations. That same day, there were businesses around them that came in and said, we would like to help you. We're going to donate material, and we're going to donate labor for free so that you can get this place together. They got it looking ship-shape. It was awesome. That same month, they did, you know how we did the baby bottles to fill with change? They did that this, this in the same month that they moved into this building. They raised over $25,000 in a month's time. This has never, I mean, like she said, maybe a couple thousand dollars a year. But this was $25 in a month's time that came into this place, okay? Then there were other donors from the city because they were like, we see what you're doing. And, and honestly, the heart for this pregnancy center was to reach out to teen pregnant moms. They wanted to reach out to them. Well, there wasn't that many teen pregnant moms that would come into their old location, so because of those businesses, they're like, "We're going to fund you. We're just going to give you money." And at right now, they have three years, three years of a working budget in the bank. Okay, this is amazing. So, in partnership with these these businesses, they start having these days where it's kind of like a carnival, and they want to bring information to the city about their pregnancy resource center and it's again another thing that they don't even have to worry about the funds and they're out in the public and they have got a stream of young girls that they're coming that are coming in that are being ministered to they're being saved and delivered they're they're talking them out of abortion these babies are being saved and all because they were like what are we going to do? We believe God wants us to go into this city, but we don't have $600 a month. And now they don't even worry about budget at all. Why am I saying this? So she tells me all this and I'm like, I guess I need to tell her what's going on with us. So I tell her, she was like, okay, it makes so much sense now while I'm telling you this. She said, I really, I'm prophesying to you now. That where you are going, in whatever part of town in Louisville that you are going, it is the mountain that God wants you to influence, and you will climb to the top of that mountain, and you will see change in that mountain so I am so encouraged it doesn't matter where we go if we go to the west end the south end it doesn't matter where we go east I don't care where it is whatever God has for us we he's giving us the mountain just like Caleb said he is giving us the mountain and we're going to climb it with faith and you know we have this faith that Ryan's been talking about and sometimes we can look at a specific thing and we'll have a specific prayer of faith and we're looking at it and we're like okay this is what I'm believing God for but if we don't couple that faith with hope there's an opportunity for disappointment because in that specific um, situation it doesn't come through the way that we thought it should but if we couple it with hope then like in, in our situation God, we have no idea what you're doing, but it must be amazing because we have hope in you. We are running into your faithfulness with an unshakable hope. Faith married with hope is what gets it done. So just to be very clear, faith without hope can bring disappointment. Like, like, let's just say um, I was looking for a specific this is so materialistic but it's just what came to my mind. A car. <laughs> and I want it to be blue and I want it to be this year. Like, you know. Yeah, or a truck, right? <laughs> Actually, Ryan's looking for a truck right now. Anyway, and and I'm God, I thank you for this truck and I claim it and it's going to be these this mileage and it's going to be this much money and blah 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 blah. And then it gets sold out from underneath me. Well, there's an opportunity for me to be like, "Man, that was my truck. <laughs> Somebody took my truck." But if I'm hoping in the one who is the unshakable hope, then I know, wait a minute, there's a much better truck for me. There's a much better opportunity for me. And I know that God is holding it up for me so that I will have a much better blessing and I'm going to be able to reach more people and blah, 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 blah. So we are putting our faith in the one who is faithful and we will have unshakable hope about what is to come. Who knows what it looks like? I don't even care what it looks like, but I know God has got it. And it's so this is fun. Listen, this is so much fun. This is the adventure that I talk about sometimes. This is it. We get to be on an adventure together, guys. Woo-hoo! Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So we're gonna we're gonna take just a moment and we're gonna pray. Uh, as a body for the first time together corporately about what he's doing in this moment. And, and then we get out of here. But I almost forgot to tell you. So I'm so excited. Not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that. I got a call from, uh, again, someone that I trust. And they said, look, I've got this guy coming in from Uganda. And um, so so it's so funny. I had a meeting the other day, and I show up, and there's a bishop from Uganda at this meeting at a coffee shop. And he's over like eleven hundred churches in Uganda, and so I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, we met, and I'm like, what are you doing with the Uganda? So then I get another call, uh, or a text. I don't know by call anymore. I got a text. <laughs> I, I, ain't, I ain't gonna lie, I got a text and said, hey, I've got a friend coming in from Uganda, and he said, I've I've told you about him, but you may not remember. This guy, he also is over some churches, but he was strategic in implementing a prayer and fasting regimen that saw 450 HIV cases healed just like that, healed. I'm not talking about coping with it with with medicine. I'm talking about they had it and they don't have it anymore. And and so um, he's just gonna happen to be in here on the 15th. Would you want him to come to Awakening and hang out? I was like, you know, let me think about it. Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) come on. So July 15th, here's the thing, I don't even know brother's name. I probably couldn't pronounce it anyway. He's from Uganda. He's told me the name. You know what I'm saying. You know how it is. They've told me the name, but I, don't, I, don't, I just don't remember exactly what the name is. But I trust this person very much. And, and so um, he's going to be here. Anybody that has seen 450 cases of HIV healed, I want to be around them, right? So they're going to be here on July 15th. So tell everybody in the whole world that you know to come and, and be here with us. Cool. Are y'all excited? This is so much fun. This is so much fun. This is going to be a blast. So let's stand up and let's pray together. I tell you what, join hands and let's just pray and say, God, you, you pray however you want to, but we're praying for clear strategy and for God moments. Hey, listen, I want Him to blow your mind in this scenario. Is that cool? I'm asking Him to blow my mind. I got a big imagination big imagination, but I'm asking him, blow my mind with what you want to do in this moment, okay? So just lift your voice. Come on, let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for the opportunity to go on an adventure with you. We thank you that our hope is in you, that our trust is in you, and that we run into your faithfulness. So God, we just pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would just release the divine strategies from heaven, the things that that, that you have spoken about over us those promises that you've you've held up words to give us in this moment so we thank you and 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 we lean on the history that we have with you we go way way back we lean on that history and say thank you for this moment in time that the word of the Lord will run swiftly and be glorified in this situation. Thank you that you're opening our hearts. Thank you that you're gonna give us everything that you're dreaming in our heart, in your heart to have. Everything in your heart for us and awakening and what you wanna see happen in this city. In Jesus' name, God, I pray for strength. I pray for 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 those those times when we need people to come in and work they'll have supernatural strength I'm praying for resources God I'm asking you and I'm I'm going to throw this out there you know we've had no debt at this church for 5 years and so we're asking you to continue that string whatever it looks like we're asking you in faith to do what you want to happen. We know, we know, we know that there are things that are held up for us, and so we trust you, and we honor you, and we're so grateful for this journey in Jesus' name. Amen. Woohoo! All right. Here we go. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church. You can find us at 1725 Research Drive in Louisville, Kentucky, or online at awakeningky.com.